Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Tuesday. It's the 5th of July. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Grant Gerlach. State public health officials say testing has confirmed the first case of monkeypox in Iowa. According to the announcement, a north-central Iowa adult was likely infected while traveling outside the country. That person is now isolating and receiving outpatient care. Contact tracing is being conducted, and people who had close contact with the patient are being offered a vaccine that can prevent symptoms or severe illness. Health officials say the monkeypox virus does not spread easily, and most who have become infected in the U.S. have had sexual contact with someone who has the virus. Ever since the decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade, more men have decided now is the time to get a vasectomy. Dr. Eskar Guarin is a dedicated vasectomy surgeon at Simple Vas in Pleasant Hill and Cedar Rapids. He says they've been hearing from a lot of new patients. I normally do about 40 to 50 vasectomies in a given month, give or take. And just on the weekend, because of the way I, I set up my practice so that patients can make their own appointments, just on the weekend... Uh, 20 patients signed up. Corrine says he can't definitively say the increase in appointments is because of the court ruling, but says it likely increased awareness about men's role in reproductive health. He made his comments on IPR's Talk of Iowa. Researchers are recruiting people from western Iowa and eastern Nebraska for what's being described as a comprehensive post-COVID study. David Warren is a professor of neurological sciences at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha. He says it's part of a national study to better understand the full scope of post-COVID symptoms. Doing so will help us understand the future of American healthcare. Since most Americans now have had COVID, more than half of American adults and still more children have had COVID. So understanding post-COVID will help us understand how to treat people better in the future. The study is led by West Virginia University and aims to include up to 20,000 adults and children nationwide. The work is supported by a four-year, $450 million grant from the National Institutes of Health. Farmers across much of the Corn Belt got a late start planting their corn this year. July could make or break this year's crop. IPR's Katie Pikus reports a poor harvest could have a ripple effect for consumers. Mark Mueller planted his corn about two weeks late on his northeast Iowa farm. He says it's slightly shorter than normal for this time of year. I can still drive through the fields without it being too tall for the tractor to go through. That'll change in a week, I'm expecting. Recent rains and warmer temperatures have fueled the crop's growth in some parts of the Corn Belt, and Mueller is praying for rain in July to help his corn take off. An economist says a disappointing corn harvest could raise the prices of goods made from the crop, such as ethanol. And Governor Kim Reynolds is confident production of the Field of Dreams TV show will move forward in spite of last week's announcement that the Peacock Network had dumped the show. Reynolds had awarded $6 million to Universal Television through the Destination Iowa program for development of the series, which is expected to be filmed in Iowa. She says Universal Television is still shopping the series to other networks. So nothing's been allocated. It's always on a reimbursement basis. So we're not, you know, out anything. But our hopes is if they can find somebody else to do it, and it looked like they were still working on the field, it would be great for the next generation of Iowans and Americans to help drive the story and to continue to make Iowa a destination spot for that. 
The series was to be a prequel based on the 1989 movie shot in part in Dyersville, where the baseball field surrounded by corn remains a tourist attraction. Due to scheduling conflicts with Major League Baseball, no filming was expected at the Dyersville movie site. This is IPR News. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Latino communities were undercounted nationwide in the 2020 census, and while the Census Bureau did not report a significant undercount for Iowa, towns with large Latino and minority populations say the census totals do not reflect what they see in their communities. As IPR's Kendall Crawford reports, the disparity can mean greater obstacles to building the infrastructure they need. A simple stroll down Main Street in Denison shows the town's diversity. You'll stumble across Levon's Asian Market, round a corner, and signs advertise an African grocery store. But if you follow the upbeat rhythm of traditional Mexican music, you'll land at Irvine Chavez's La Michoacana Crazy Delights. The owner of the ice cream shop moved to Denison in 2009. Since then, Chavez has started two of his own businesses in town, but it wasn't until 2020 that the Guatemalan immigrant learned what the census does. And we can tell the people how important is that, because they don't know. I, I didn't know that either until we having a meeting with the police chief, and he explained us that. According to the Census Bureau, the Western Iowa town only grew by 75 people from 2010 to 2020, putting its population at around 8,400. But city officials say that's not the reality. They estimate another 2,000 people didn't participate in the decennial count. Some concerns were like, are they going to use it against me? Like the information, is it going to be confidential? That's Alma Puga. She's a part of the committee that held events to help people fill out their form. She says many Denison residents, especially those who are undocumented, were fearful of the survey. That fear was heightened in 2019 as former President Donald Trump pushed for a citizenship question to be added. She says she believes government distrust, alongside COVID-19, stopped a lot of people from being counted. I had a couple people tell me, like, well, what use if things are going to stay the same? You know, what difference does it make? But the census can have big financial implications for a community, especially smaller Iowa towns. The number of residents counted determines how much a town receives in road use tax funds, which help communities construct and maintain their roadways. That means Storm Lake Mayor Mike Porsche has a disappointing math problem to solve. He estimates around 30 percent of their population was missed in the count. Each person is tied to around $126 in funds. That all adds up to nearly $400,000 that the community won't receive. Multiply that times 10. 10 years before your next census, it's $4 million that you don't have for, through that whole period of time because of the census. That would be the entire snow removal budget. Another concern for city officials like Maria Ramos is how an inaccurate count could potentially stifle economic development. She says she often hears questions from constituents about why the community can't bring in more businesses and attractions. How come J.C. Benny doesn't come to Stormley? How come we don't have a mall? How come we, you know, the, the bigger chain restaurants don't come to Stormley? Well, they need to understand that that's what they look at. This fear that impactful decisions will be made based on faulty data 
extends to health providers, housing developers, and social services. Here at the Storm Lake Middle School, Superintendent Stacy Cole says you can see the need for more community resources. Even during the summer, the school is crowded with kids. She says that's partly because the school has become a vital provider of social services to its 3,000 students. Our need looks a lot smaller than what our need actually is. So because we can't count on getting outside agencies to the community, then we have to put that in place internally to make sure that those things are still done. It means making hard decisions like whether to hire a school therapist to address community mental health or another third grade teacher to tackle large classroom sizes. Denison faces much of the same. For residents like Chavez, it's sad to see the community continue to struggle without the infrastructure to support its rapid growth. Because definitely we want to make Denison better every day. Why? Because our kids are here and they are growing here and we love Denison too. He hopes over the next decade, housing developers and health providers will grow to love the town too, despite what the numbers say. In Western Iowa, I'm Kendall Crawford, IPR News. The Midwest Newsroom's Daniel Wheaton contributed to this report. Thanks for catching today's edition of IPR's Here First. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can listen every day. I'm Grant Gerlach.